Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farrakh. Not only is the veil done away with by Christ, we will also reflect more clearly the image of Christ. From glory to glory. It's that transforming that takes place. We're transformed into the image of Christ And as we are, we reflect more the image of Christ. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 2 Corinthians. It's certainly awe-inspiring to read about Moses and the way his face would shine with God's glory after having spoken to him face to face. But that was a fading glory. It's even more awesome to learn in today's teaching that we have access to a far greater unfading glory. Pastor J.D. shares how we don't just reflect Christ, we become like Him. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of this broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with his continuing study, The Living Letter of My Christian Life. He didn't want the Israelites to see that the glory was fading. So he put the veil over his face to keep the Israelites from noticing that the glory of God was fading from him. He didn't want them to know, and so he covers his face with this veil, as if to say to them, I'm protecting you from the glory of God, which I possess. (laughs) And that was the implication, and it's in the account, and I want to read Exodus 34, verses 33 through 35. You wouldn't think of this when you think of Moses, the meekest man who ever walked on the face of the earth. Moses, this man of God. Yet, we see another side to Moses here. It says in verse 33, And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out, and he would come out and speak to the children of Israel whatever he had been commanded. And whenever the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone, then Moses would put the veil on his face again, and he went in to speak with him. What's Moses doing here? He's trying to cover up the fading glory. He's trying to present himself disingenuously, I might add, to the children of Israel, sort of to give them the impression that he has the glory of God, this glow about him, this radiance, this reflection of him, because he had been in the Lord's presence, unlike them. Here's the thing. Like Moses, if we're honest with ourselves, we're just as prone to cover up the fading glory of not being in the presence of the Lord and spending time with the Lord. Oftentimes 
the light and glow of having spent time with the Lord will fade over time. And this happens when we don't have that time in God's Word and that time in God's presence. The psalmist writes that in your presence, O Lord, is found fullness of joy. This is that time that we should be oh so protective of in our Christian lives. For some it's early in the morning will I rise up and seek thee. For those who are not morning people, (laughs) maybe that's not the best time. Maybe there's another time during the day where you just set it aside, and that is a sanctified time where it's just you and the Lord, and you don't check your emails, and you turn your phone off, and it's just you and the Lord. And I'll tell you something, that is the lost jewel in the Christian life in this day and age in which we live. But we're always so quick to shed ourselves in a more favorable light. I think of the contrasting Proverbs as a great example of this. You know the Proverbs that contrast the righteous with the wicked. The Proverbs that contrast the wise with the foolish. And is it not true when we're reading the Proverbs, the contrasting Proverbs, and we come across one of those Proverbs that says, the righteous do this, but the wicked do this. And we respond with, those wicked evil sinners. I just can hear the footsteps of the prophet Nathan, like when he came to David and said, You are that man. You think you're the righteous? You think you're the wise? No, you're the fool. You're the wicked. But we surely don't want anyone else to know that. That's why when we are on our way to church, and somebody cuts us off in traffic, and our sanctification flees from us, And then we pull up to the church parking lot, only to find that somebody has parked in your spot. (gasps) But then we put on that veil, that smile, to cover up (laughs) the sanctification that not only faded, but fled from us. Because we always want to present ourselves as being more spiritual, than we really are. And sometimes we even go as far as presenting ourselves as being what I call hyper-spiritual. Hyper-spiritual. And it's disingenuous at best, it's dishonest at worst. And this is what Paul is saying here. We don't have to be like that. We don't have to be like Moses and cover the fading glory because God's grace, keyword grace, is infinitely more glorious and it never fades in Christ. As we're about to see, it's Jesus Christ who takes that veil away. And there's no need for the veil anyway. So Lord, take it away. 
Another reason that I find this most interesting is because Moses is a type of Christ. And by that I mean there's a picture painted on the canvas of Old Testament scripture that points to the person of Jesus Christ. We call it typology. Moses points to the person of Jesus Christ, not just the person of Jesus Christ, but the finished work on the cross of Jesus Christ. As it's been said, the Old Testament conceals what the New Testament reveals. When I have an understanding of the Old Testament, it just makes the New Testament like 3D IMAX. And I think it's a tragedy that the pulpits are silent today concerning the richness of the Old Testament. What if I told you that from Genesis 1 throughout the book of Malachi in the Old Testament, throughout the entirety of the Old Testament, it all points to the person of Jesus Christ. Because see, Jesus Christ fulfills the Old Covenant in the New Covenant. And when we were in Genesis, we saw Jesus there. (laughs) When we were in Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, by the way, Yahshua, a type of Christ. Judges, Ruth, 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings. The entirety of the Old Testament points to the person of Jesus Christ, and Moses points to the person of Jesus Christ. What follows, it's not exhaustive, are, I think I have 21 of them. I shortened it in the interest of time, because if I would have told you I had a hundred of these, you would have just sighed and (laughs) thought to yourself, oh my goodness, we're going to be here a while. I think I have 21 of them. I'll go through them real quick. This is how Moses is a type of Jesus Christ. Moses was their mediator because of Israel's sin, And so too is Jesus our mediator because of our sin. Moses reconciled the Israelites to God just as Jesus reconciles us to God. Moses, of course, was born as a Jew. Jesus was born as a Jew. Moses was born while the Egyptians ruled over the Jews. Jesus was born while the Romans ruled over the Jews. Moses was born than Pharaoh, to eliminate the entire Hebrew race, had the Hebrew boys cast into the Nile, save Moses, to their certain death. Just as when Jesus was born, Herod would have all of the Jewish boys, two years and younger, killed. Because the king was born, (laughs) the king of the Jews. Moses, we're told, was fair when he was born. Jesus was and is the fairest of 10,000. Moses was rejected by his brothers just as Jesus was rejected by his brothers. Moses spent 40 years in the wilderness. Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness. By the way, 40 in scripture is the number of judgment. Forty is the number of judgment. Moses fasted 40 days when receiving the law. Jesus fasted 40 days when he was tempted to break the law. 
Moses became a shepherd for his father-in-law. Jesus became the good shepherd for his father. Moses set them free from the bondage of Egypt. Jesus sets us free from the bondage of sin. Egypt in Scripture is a type of the world. And Moses was the deliverer, delivering them out of Egypt, just as Jesus delivers us out of this world. Moses worked miracles. Jesus worked miracles, many miracles. Moses, interesting, sent out 12 to spy out the land. Jesus sent out 12 disciples to go throughout the land. Moses had 70 elders to stand by him. Jesus had 70 men that were taught by him. Moses washed the feet of Aaron and his sons. Jesus washed his disciples' feet. Moses glowed on Mount Sinai. Jesus was transfigured on Mount Hermon. Moses constructed the tabernacle. Jesus was the tabernacle. John 1.14, the Word became flesh and tabernacled amongst us. By the way, before I do the rest of these, there are so many interesting details in Scripture, and this is why. And one such detail is that when Moses had finished the tabernacle, he cried out, It is finished. Interesting detail. Why? Because it would point to the Savior on the cross. When the work of the cross was complete, he cried out, It is finished. This was the tabernacle, the tabernacle, the fulfillment of the tabernacle. And it is finished. Moses had to die before Israel could enter the promised land, just as Jesus would have to die so that we could be born again to enter heaven. And lastly, Moses had to put the veil on his face when the glory faded away. Jesus took that veil from our face, and now the glory will never fade away. This brings us to our second question. It's in verses 14 through 18. Do I reflect the image of Christ? When the letter, not if, when the letter of my life is read, does it reflect Christ? Is it about Christ? Or is it all about me? In verses 14 through 16, Paul tells them that to this day, The veil remains whenever the Old Covenant is read, because only Christ can take that veil away. In verses 17 and 18, he says, there's freedom where the Spirit is. Where the Spirit is, there is freedom. Now, sadly, with all due respect to our Pentecostal brethren, this has been taken out of context So where the Spirit is, there is freedom to bark in the Spirit, laugh in the Spirit, be slain in the Spirit, and you just fill in the rest of the blanks. That is absolutely not what this is saying. And this, by the way, happens to be one of the go-to verses. 
when you're in a setting like that. And now please, this is not to throw the proverbial baby out with the bathwater. There is a place for the gifts of the Spirit today in the church. They have not ceased. We talk about this, the false teaching of cessation, where the gifts some believe and teach have ceased. That is absolutely not the case. The gifts have to be exercised decently and in order. So there's no such thing as, while the Spirit was moving, we didn't even have time to get into the Word of God. Oh, really? What Spirit was that? Because I know in my own personal experience, anything that keeps me away from the Word of God, that's not the right Spirit. It's been said that sin will keep you from the Bible, and the Bible will keep you from sin. So that's not what Paul is saying. He's saying there's freedom where the Spirit is, and that we're being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, from glory to glory. By the way, verses 14 through 18, it's this very passage that explains why it is that it's always so difficult to share the gospel with the Jewish people. Over the years when we've gone to Israel, our tour guide, Roni, great guy, he's not a believer. You'd never know that. I mean, he knows Scripture better than, I'm ashamed to say this, some pastors know Scripture. But it's really hard because the Jews have this veil over them. And this is why it is so hard to share the gospel with someone who is Jewish. One commentator of this wrote, The veil over the face of those who live by the old covenant blinds their own eyes to the reality and identity of their Messiah, Jesus Christ. That is why you can talk by the hour with Jewish people about the way Jesus perfectly fulfilled Old Testament prophecy, and they still won't see him as their Messiah. There's a veil over their eyes. And because this veil is done away with in Christ, it is only as they turn to Christ that they are able to see clearly. Now, the good news, there is coming a day, soon and very soon, when the whole house of Israel will be saved. And it will come by way of the seven-year tribulation, which is for the purpose of the salvation of the Jewish nation. And that veil will be taken away, and they will see, and they will look upon him whom they had pierced, and they will call for their Messiah. By the way, let me parenthetically say that Jesus, when he comes back in the second coming, will come back when the Jews call on him. Call for him to come back. Did you know that? The Jews have to call upon him when he comes back. And Satan knows that. And doesn't that explain why it is that from the beginning of time, starting with Cain and Abel, 
that Satan has been trying to annihilate, eliminate, exterminate the Jewish people from the face of the earth? Well, I'm going to take it further in closing and suggest that not only is the veil done away with by Christ, we will also reflect more clearly the image of Christ from glory to glory. It's that transforming that takes place. We're transformed into the image of Christ, and as we are, we reflect more the image of Christ. I think that we would all do well to ask ourselves this question. Do people see Jesus in my life? Let me ask it this way. Do people see Jesus in my life when they read the living letter of my life? I want to close with Acts 4.13. I love this account. It says, when they saw the boldness, there's that boldness that comes, the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived and this is what I love about it, that they were uneducated (laughs) and untrained men, they marveled. And here's why. Because they realized that they had been with Jesus. I would suggest there was a bit of a glow, if you will, because they had been in the presence of the Lord. And they see the boldness of these two men, who had been with Jesus, and they marvel. They're scratching their heads, because they know these guys. They knew them when they were but little whippersnappers. (laughs) And they knew them growing up, and they knew they were uneducated. They did not have impressive resumes, and certainly they were not trained. And that's why they marveled. Here's the question that I ask myself, because you have to understand, that I have to own this before I can preach this. And sometimes owning it is brutal, if I can say that. (laughs) And by brutal I mean God just breaks me and searches me. And the question I have to ask me is, do people marvel? Do people realize that and see that I've been with Jesus? The book of 2 Corinthians has much to teach us, but sadly that's all we have time for in today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Be sure to join us again, though, as Pastor J.D. Farag continues teaching his verse-by-verse study through the book of 2 Corinthians. In the meantime, you can find more messages from Pastor J.D. by visiting our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast as well and receive new messages as soon as they're available. You can also download our mobile app for iPhone and Android, and you'll always have teachings from God's Word right at your fingertips. You'll also want to check out Pastor J.D.'s Aloha Prophecy Update. Each Friday and Saturday, Pastor J.D. shares the current events and how they relate to the end-time prophecies described in the Bible. 
The purpose behind these updates is to take a practical look at the end times and how events occurring around the world coincide with biblical prophecy. Pastor J.D. hopes the information he provides stirs in us an urgency to share the gospel and make sure all have heard the good news of Jesus before he returns to judge the world. There's much to learn each week, and Pastor J.D. does a great job of getting us the information we need. You can find new and previous updates by going to our YouTube channel. Just search the Aloha Prophecy Update on YouTube. We hope today's message has touched your life and left you craving more from the Word of God. Join Pastor J.D. next time for another in-depth look at the book of 2 Corinthians, right here on In Spirit and Truth. Holy